everybody. Welcome back to A Strong Brew with Trish and Ty. We're not everyone's cup of tea and we're fine with that. Today we're going to talk about going home. And by going home, we mean going back to your roots, digging in deep to where you come from, who you are, and what makes you uniquely you. Yes. And I just got back from New York, so it's perfect timing to talk about going home and talking about family. I think we have a lot to say about our families, but we hope you um, enjoy and kind of Find some relatability in what we're saying and, and um, maybe reflect on your own family and your own family history and traditions. And this kind of came up for us because we've been talking a lot about kind of going deep and pausing, taking that pause. We often are in the grind and we're just working a lot and we're trying to do the next thing or come up with our next plan and what's going on. And now that things are opening up here in California and our state, it seems like everyone's frantic again, running around, scrambling, going back to how it was before COVID. And I feel like there's something there that we need to pay attention to. And there was a lesson there that I feel like was learned, especially by me. And so I'm, I can't be alone. And Trish and I started talking about it and saying like, where do we really come from? Like, why, what is this feeling that we have inside? Who are we? Like, not that it has to relate totally to our identity, but it does play a role in who we are. So what does that mean for us? Who are, where is our family? Where do we come from? How is that, how is that stuff, that wisdom and those different things? And it can be ugly too. We've talked about the two. It can be addiction, abandonment, abuse. There's things that come into our lives that we aren't even aware of and they're subconscious and they're there. And so we want to dig into that a little bit, especially because it is mental health awareness month in May. And that's been at the forefront of our minds. Yes. And just as we're talking about families, my mom's calling me, (laughs) but I think what I've been reflecting on so much is I got back from New York on Friday. And then on Saturday, I went out to dinner with my cousin who I haven't seen in maybe 10 years or even longer, but she's on my dad's side. And growing up, I lived like a block away from my mom's family. So all my cousins, we all were friends. But my dad's side, I saw randomly, they used to take like summer trips to my Nana's house. And it was like once a year, I saw them type thing. It wasn't like I saw them all the time. And as we got older, of course, like your little cousin isn't going to be little, you know, like we grow up, you have babies and, you know, get married. And we were just reflecting a lot about my, my Nana's house. And it's so funny. Cause like she passed away when I was in, when I was 12 years old and I still can envision her whole house. I can remember the smells. I can remember everything. And I was laughing because when she passed away, like they had artwork, they had all this stuff that they were offering me. And all I wanted was a recipe card and their cookie jar because I used to steal cookies out of it before dinner and I'd always, and it was Chips Ahoy. It wasn't even like fancy cookies. Like she was a Midwest lady. I almost said bitch and she would be not happy about that. She was a Midwest lady. And I just think that one thing that I loved about her so much is that Amanda reminded me of this at our, our dinner. She's like, you know, we come from storytellers. And then she's like, don't you do a podcast? And I looked like, yeah, I do. And she's like, don't you write? I'm like, yeah, I do. And my Nana was a writer and a storyteller. So when we were really little, all the cousins would gather in this living room and she would sit in her like old lady chair and she would let us stay up to like 11. Like, all right, I guess we'll tell you one story. And it was just so funny because I don't know if every grandma says this, but like, I think her stories are legitimate. She was like, when I was little, I walked a mile to school. And I, I really think she walked a mile to school. 
And it just reminds me, sometimes I feel super lost. And right now I'm in this transition of, of career. And it kind of made me realize that I'm not as lost as I, I think I am because a lot of the things that I enjoy doing are in my blood. And even my other grandma who just passed away, she got a scholarship to St. John's University for English and she loved writing. But she'll joke and say instead of a BA, she got a BABY. So she left school, became a wife, had kids. My Nana, she didn't go to school right away. But after raising seven children, she went back at 50 and graduated. So it's like she was a writer and a storyteller. And I think one thing that I love about my dad's side of the family is that whenever I did school projects, I always had to like rely on their family because my Nana had all the artifacts. There is a book. I, I went to visit my aunt in New Mexico and she had a book from my great grandma from 18, I don't know, like 1890. And she was like a ninth, it would be like ninth grade. So you're what, 14 years old. And she was becoming a teacher and it was her history book and it's her perfect script. And it's just crazy that they have all these artifacts from the 1800s and beyond. Like they, they kept everything in order. So it's like when I asked my Nana these questions, it was like passed down to her and she wanted us to do the same. So even the things that I remember about that side is because that was really important to her. And now that my sisters are having kids, I want them to know about their Nana and our great grandma living on the farm. And it's just crazy because I think that's something that in our family that can never be taken away. I might not have the physical, you know, artifacts like my aunts and uncles have currently, but I have the memories of her house. I have the memories of just like the the oral stories that she passed down to me. And it's just, that is what kind of just, it woke me up on Saturday. I'll say it that way. Cause I just feel like so many times I say, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. And just having that conversation about being from a woman storyteller and a woman who wrote and a woman that used her voice made me realize that I'm not as lost as I think. Cause my roots are from that. And that's the funny thing is that you just saying that out loud is really important for all of you listening to hear because realistically, there's things that we do, like paths we take, choices we make, decisions, and we're going through this and we're saying, why are we doing this? Why did this happen? It's not, it is in our subconscious. It's not something we're actually doing on purpose, but we also are. We're being like guided in a way to go back to that place that we, that we need to be. And I just had this experience too recently come up from my grandma who's Jewish and they, her grandparents or her parents, sorry, my great grandparents immigrated through Ellis Island and they got their name changed. I mean, they went through the whole process and they really um, established a life in Chicago, grew up and then came to California and they were, because their kids were in a band and their kids like went to Hollywood and it was like, I want to make it big. And then they followed in suit because they wanted the family to be together. And they ended up growing up in Long Beach or living in Long Beach. And that's where my mom grew up. And so we're Californians now because of that. I could have been born in Chicago. Who knows? But I feel like knowing that about my grandmother, it was very important to her that we knew those traditions, that we knew that enough about our culture. And she always was a connector. So just as much as you're saying the storytelling, my grandmother was a connector. She wanted the family together. She wanted people to know each other from different backgrounds and different races and different ages. She was always about bringing people together for great things. And that's what I'm doing now. And there's a, there's something in us that's like, I've got to do this. There's a light inside. There's a spark. There's a calling. There's something, whatever you want to call it. It's there. It's there in us. And now that I have two girls and it's ironic because she had two girls, my mom and my aunt, 
and I have two girls. And I thought it skipped my mom because my mom had me and my brother, a girl and a boy. So I'm thinking there's something calling me to be the matriarch of my family and to carry on these traditions of our culture that I don't, and I don't even know where that came from. It came up recently and it's probably because of the unrest in the globe. It's probably because of what's going on. That's part of it that I'm seeing all these things and it really is affecting me on a deep level. And I'm like kind of calling out to her in a way and she's passed. I mean, she's been gone now for seven years or so. And it just feels like she's still there though, like calling to me going, you have to do this. This is really important because she did that all the time. She would speak to us in Yiddish. She would sing to us. She would really try to teach us, even though my parents didn't really care about that stuff. And they're like, Oh, just get over it. Let the kids be who they want to be. Let the kids, um, you know, figure it out for themselves. And I think there's something to that. It's not forced, but we've got to, we got to know where we come from, I think a little bit. And a lot of people right now, especially after COVID are all like trying to find their way back home. They're like, what, who am I in this body? Who am I in this space? Who am I in this life? Who am I as a mom? What's my identity? What's going on? And I think that that a lot of that has to do with that in my mind. It's like calling. It's that calling inside us. So we've got to honor that. I think with faith and family or spirituality, whatever you want to call it, um, just mentioning that both my grandparents were very religious and very Catholic. And I don't think they forced it on us. I think they definitely had very um, strong views on certain things. And that was part of their their journey and their, their personalities. But one thing I will say is I think they were more um, seeking us to set values for like my sister has a child now and he's getting baptized on the God mom. But I think it's more so it's not about maybe picking um, being Catholic. I think their root of it is just showing the values at a young age of like right and wrong. So maybe you don't follow one type of religion and that's okay compared to them that they went to church every day. I think they just wanted us to instill in the next generation that value of just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. The belief, the faith, and things like that. So I think it's important to note that too. It's like I grew up in, like, I can remember I lived with my grandparents and then I used to go see my dad's family like once a week. So both sides would be like, did you go to church? Did you go to church? Like I heard it every day. I was like, no, I didn't. But I remember I was like six years old and I had overalls on because it's the 90s. And my grandma literally lifted me up on my overalls like, you're going to church, threw me in the car. And I just probably sat there crossed arms. And I was like, I hate this. But I will say it's like, I consider myself a very spiritual person. And maybe by attending church and maybe going through those things made me realize something deeper in myself. So I do appreciate that they taught me those little initiations as an early person. I'm not saying I follow it. And like, I know my mom right now, she grew up super Catholic, same as my dad. And just recently she's going back to church and that's something that's therapeutic for her and it's working for her. So like my whole take is it's like, I want people to find peace in whatever they choose in, in their families. And there's a lot of healing that needs to be done. So then I have other family members that are kind of um, really like hurt by the church, I would say. And it like, they had a negative experience. Um, so I think there's, there's two sides of it. There's healing. And then there's people that might've had a bad experience and that kind of will be passed on to their, to their lineage kind of thing. So there's like two sides to it. Absolutely. And if we're not paying attention to those things, and I, I mean, you guys can say we're woo woo. Everyone can say like, this is BS. Like, this is not how we feel. That's totally fine. Like, that's the whole point of this podcast, right? Is we, we know we're not everyone's cup of tea. We know the stuff that we're sharing is our own opinion. It's how we feel, but there's, there's gotta be some truth to some of this stuff when you see it like over and over and over again. And what we're feeling inside, we just feel compelled to share because it is so 
it's powerful stuff. And I think that some of the things that I know for a fact, I've done a lot of inner work um, over 2020, a lot of self-care and inner work and trying to set boundaries, trying to have hard conversations, trying to learn some of these things that I didn't really learn growing up, apparently, because stuff yeah. keeps happening to me over and over and over again. I'm like, why? Sometimes you have to mother yourself. And I'm mothering myself to a point when, I mean, others help me like you, Trish, obviously, and several others in my circle. But it's like, I have these things and I go, why, 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 why does this keep happening to me? Why do I have these stigmas or these negative thoughts or this stuff keeps going over again in my mind and replaying over and over again? It's not that, you know how they say the definition of insanity is doing something over and over again, expecting yeah. a different result. Well, what am I waiting for expecting? I've got to do, I guess I have to go deeper and work on it some more, but it's like, what am I trying to find? What am I trying to work on? So I'm really trying to identify what it is exactly. And what keeps coming up for me is this, this family lineage that you're talking about, it's this passed back. on thing is coming up. It's to the surface and saying you have unresolved past issues that what's crazy. Everybody is that you didn't even like you weren't a part of, like these could be things that happened way before your time. And that's the crazy part. It's stuff yeah. that you didn't even create. You didn't even do anything, but you have to resolve in this time in your life. Without getting into too much detail, because, you know, some sometimes I could shut up, but you go for it, girl. You <laughs> but I would say that uh, basically my family comes from a place of scarcity and you have to think, where do we come from? Ireland. What happened? The potato famine. And then let's let's fast forward the Great Depression and things like that. So now the the modern day clan, I should say, I don't know what else to say. Um, we have this fear of scarcity and I think it, it really does show in, in our conversations and how we live and how I spoke about money growing up. And I still have anxiety. Like I'll be online at the grocery store and I'm like, I see a Kit Kat and I'm like, I can't buy it. No, I can't. It's too much. Cause I just was raised in that, in that mindset. Like I was scared. I'm almost scared of money. I'm scared of making money. I'm scared of talking about money in the sense, like, even when like we have this conversation, I'll be blunt. It's like, we talk about just like compensation and different things for events happening. And it's like, I don't even know how to talk about it. Cause I don't know how to dialogue it because I'm scared of money. And I'm learning that more and more. And then I think that's, that's something that I'm noticing. And then, like you said, things are coming up. I am in school and we're talking about nutrition. And a lot of times we're talking about farming and um, agriculture and all these things. And I'm drawn to it. I'm like, well, I literally grew up in like New York. Like I wasn't a farmer, but then I had to sit back and say, why am I like really intrigued by this? And I, I know that my Nana had a farm and my great grandfather had a farm. He came from Ellis Island to Chicago, like Midwest area. And they had a farm. So I emailed my dad's sisters and I, my aunts, and I said, what is like, what is the deal with our farms? And they gave me this whole synopsis about our family farm. We were dairy farmers. And it just brings you back. Like it's kind of full circle, like knowing my Nana being in that living room, talking about growing up on the farm, going to school in a barn. And then here I am trying to like learn more about farming and how we can make communities healthier. It's just like, I, I think there is a reason for me being in this, in this path. Like I, if you asked me a year ago and saying like, I'd be obsessed with learning about farming and like how to like make food, I'd be like, you're crazy. I literally eat like pizza every day, but now I have this new mindset and I think it, it stems from them there. It's almost like something greater than me is pushing me towards this. Like I'm at some that I don't have a choice. I do have a choice, but I feel like every time I sit on it, I feel like a, a good feeling about it. And I'm like, well, there's something here. I have to keep going. I have to keep learning. And that's, that's why we're here. You're being called to it. You're being drawn to it like a moth to a flame. You're like, I've yeah. got to do this. <laughs> why? Why do I want to be in the farm? This is so funny. But I think, I think you will. And I think you are going in that direction with nutrition and the mindfulness and mindful eating. And just you're, you're really kind of going that direction. It's awesome. And I think that like, 
I want you to share really quick. I just wanted yeah. to share this. I, I want to touch on grandmothers really fast because of grandmothers course. are so important, everyone. Mm -hmm. Mothers are important too. Don't get me wrong. I'm a mom, so I'm going to toot my own horn and say we are badass and we do so <laughs> many amazing things for our children, uh -huh. no matter what that is. You, We are just awesome people. And, um, and I know there, and I'm actually, I have to preface that or disclaimer and say there are some women that cannot find themselves being mothers and they might have children and abandon them. Cause I do have friends that have had that situation. And there's, there's scenarios that people don't have and they don't relationships know. with mothers or grandmothers. But totally we're just talking, true. But, but we're talking about like me, I'm like saying I'm tooting my horn as a mom. Cause yeah. I'm like for all the moms out there that are doing your thing, kudos. Yeah. And grandmothers though are so vital because grandmothers have this like special relationship with their grandkids. And if you have the opportunity to be a grandmother, I've heard nothing but awesome things from a lot of grandparents and they just love it. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> play with them, give them back, spoil them, do all yeah, the things that yeah. your parents don't want them to do. Yeah. But my grandmother in particular, it was like, I want us to share something yeah, really quick about our grandmothers because you and I both have, our grandmothers have passed yours more recently. And I think that it's, it's on our heart. And I saw what you went through, you know, with that. And I, it brought me back to like yeah. my place, you know, when I was going through that and how, traumatizing that was for me in so many ways and how close I was with her. And I was thinking of the final, the final time I had with her, the final memory where she was lucid and we had a conversation and she's like, I just want you to be okay. Because I was in a really yeah. bad place at that time. I was going through a divorce. I had a little baby, you know, she was like, I just want you to be okay. Like I'm worried about you. And that was like her final words to me. It broke my heart. And I just, mm -hmm. all I remember is holding her and saying, grandma, I promise you I'll be okay. And I'm okay. I mean, I know she's probably looking down on me like, girl, you're good. Like, I'm so happy for you, but I feel like I'm, I'm okay. And I, and I figured it out and I worked through it and I felt her strength, you know, through that process. And she was there for me in a lot of ways. And I think she would never let me talk shit about my mother. That was another thing. I would try to complain about my mom and what she was doing to me because I was a teenager and I was <laughs> feisty and she'd be like, nope, that's my daughter. Yeah. You don't talk about her and she's your mom. She just had this wonderful way of listening and being there, but she was also like, sorry, I'm, I, she had a good boundaries yeah. and maybe that is what my lesson is. I need to tune into that yeah. and learn that because that's something I'm working through right now. And she is a phenomenal example of that. She was great at like not doing this, know myself, know where I am. And it was awesome. So anyway, I wanted you to share something say, about your so grandma too. Very similar to your story is that I broke up with Ryan a week before my grandma passed. I haven't seen her a year because of COVID. And my last conversation, like every breakup in the beginning, it's hard because it's like you're changing your, you're changing your habits. You're changing your daily routines. And that was my last conversation. She said, you're going to be okay. That like literally word for word. And I hung up and I, you know, you don't think much of it because you take, you almost take it for granted. Cause like she was 93 years old. So she's been a part of my life since I was a baby. She was, my parents were separated. So she was in the delivery room when I was born, not even my dad. So she'll say, I had five children, never saw a baby born except you. And she always said that, like, I, I saw you born. So that was our last conversation. She's like, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. So when she actually passed away, I was like, I like, I was in a different, I mean, I'm still like, you know, of course we have good days, bad days, but I was in this spot of like, what the fuck am I doing? Sorry, mom. She said not to say fucking more, whatever. <laughs> well, if you're listening, sorry. Um, and I just think to myself, like it's, it's reassuring that that's my last conversation. Cause there's so many times you may have a disagreement with someone or you, you don't say goodbye to someone and COVID's kind of taught us that like, you don't really know what tomorrow brings. You don't know what, what's going to happen. So the fact that both of our last conversations with our grandmas that we were close with is like, you're going to be okay. It's almost like, I want to think that we always talk about at our brunches, like your, your guides and things like that. I honestly don't think maybe I have like 
a, like a, a saint, I think it could be just my grandma being like, don't do that, do this and like go with it. Because I, I don't know. I mean, like my Nana McCormick, I was 12 years old. So all I kind of know about her passing was that my papa got sick in December and then she didn't feel like he didn't feel well and he passed away from like heart conditions or something. And then basically a few months later, she died of a broken heart. She's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And she was so depressed. And her nickname was Mac because her maiden name was McBride. And I remember her telling me and my mom, she's like, I sometimes come home with the groceries and I just hear him say like, Mac, you got the groceries. I'm like, that's the saddest shit I've ever heard. And I was like, the notebook came out that year. I was like, that's the notebook. Like, you know, and that's why I'm single because I'm like, I'm not doing anything unless they say like have a pet name for me. No. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's where it comes from. And, and for women that were, whoever's listening, don't have that relationship with a grandmother or a mother. I read a book in the new year called Bravely and the girl was an Olympic athlete and her mom suffered from mental health issues. But one thing that, and this is what's the weirdest thing. And I bring it up and I don't mean to like get emotional is the day before. Um, go let it out. <laughs> that's what this is about. This is authentic, real stuff we have, right here. We have like literally eye patches for wrinkles on our faces. Let, we it, do. let it out. We have gold eye patches on and she, you let it out. She was just talking about, she didn't have a mother because she ended up, you know, committing suicide and she was only five years old. She was a little girl. And she said like, I, I never had a mom and I was so angry for so many years. And then when I got older, I realized like my best friend's mom, like you have all these women. It. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like, that was, that was, I read that the night before and then I woke up at 6am and that was the call. So it was like, almost like I had so many women in my life and you probably feel this for your daughters too. It's like, you don't have to have that blood relationship. And sometimes mm -hmm. the ancestors doesn't mean like it's your family. It could be kissing cousins or like a neighbor or someone that influenced you. So like, I don't want people to think we're just talking about our, our blood. I'm talking about people that influenced our families and influenced us today. Yeah. I'm just going to give you a minute. <laughs> no, that's, that's kind of where that's, that's just what I was thinking about. And that's why when, when I think about it, I haven't even like reread that book. So I'm like, no, that's, it's just because that was my last thought before bed. I said, I'm so grateful that I had so many people raise me. Cause it's like, when you grow up in a house, it's like not the norm. Like when all your people are like married and all that, and then you're looked at like, Oh, like you're the broken family kind of thing. <laughs> It's just, I, I thought I'm so grateful. Like I may have not had the traditional family because back in, now it's like you see all different types of families. But in the 90s, it was like the Brady Bunch. Mm -hmm. Everyone was together and everyone was happy. So I went to bed and just Not said, everyone was happy though. No. That's the thing is everybody, <laughs> there's a lot of people that pretended to be happy and stuck with it because of that. And we're learning more and more that that's not, it's not always what's serving us and it's okay to evolve yes. and it's okay to change and it's okay to not be okay. No, for sure. And so that's what I think people are starting to see. Like, I don't have to have this quintessential perfect life because that's constructed by somebody else. And this, what we're talking about today is real. I mean, this is yeah. real stuff that we have people who influence us. We make decisions in our lives every day that direct us and guide us. And it's like, where does that come from? I think another big part of this is like our, our lives are our purpose, you, I think so many times I think of like souls, like what's our purpose? What's our purpose? One, it's living and two, it's healing. I think so many times we, we are, we're trying to do all these things, but maybe the purpose of life is just to heal. And maybe it's to heal old traumas from other people in your family. And it's like every day that's, 
that's like my goal. I'm like, how can I better myself? Whether it's through meditation or, you know, just learning something, that's where I think my purpose is lying. Because the more I put pressure about what am I supposed to be doing? I look back and like I said in the beginning, it's like, I come from strong women. I come from women that lost their fathers. They didn't have dads either. My grandma used to tell me that all the time and would say, I, you know, my dad passed away at 32 and my mom was a single mom. And she was a hard, she was a hard lady. I know that from just talking. She made like 15 cents a day. Like she made no money. And this, like she came for money. So she was the opposite. She, she had to take care of two children and coming from almost like politicians and people that had money and then being broke as a joke, raising two kids. Like my grandma said, Oh, you know, we had tomato. We used to drink like ketchup and water for tomato soup. And it's like those struggles and just seeing her raise my, my aunts and uncles and my mom. And then you see their traumas or their hurt and you can understand it. And then they're trying to do their best to fix that. Mm -hmm. And then they bring it to me and then I'm like, well, now I have to fix their shit. So it just keeps going back and back. And it's like, there's no hate. Like, of course, I just want you to know, it's just that you see their pain. And then through their stories, sometimes when they look back, they see it with rose-colored glasses. Instead of feeling that hurt, they're like, I had the best childhood making tomato soup. Because you don't think of it as a bad thing. But maybe when she was like, you know, a little girl, she was crying like, why am I eating ketchup and water and like some gross-ass food? And it's just it just shows you that we are all trying to heal and we're all trying to deal with our ancestors' pain. And dealing with our own pain because we have, you know, on top of that, we have our own lives. We and carry things. it. We carry it with us un unknowingly. And so that is why, and I'll go back to it again to bring it back full circle from what you're saying. That is why storytelling is so important. Yeah. That is why talking and dialoguing and connecting and sharing are so important because if we don't know what happened in the past and it's not like, Oh, let's live in the past. Let's always dwell on the past. Cause people often want to forget and erase the past, but you don't forget. You use it as a tool to guide you to say, let's not make those same mistakes or let's try to learn from that. Or let's try to connect deeper with our family members based on what maybe they went through. Let's empathize. You know, there's ways that you can really connect and share and learn and grow from looking at the past and where you've come from or where things are. So we're, we're just really encouraging today on this episode to go home, find home. And whatever that is for you, whatever that means for you, it could be inside you. It can be at a friend's house. It can be next, you know, down the street. It can be going to another country. It can be whatever it is. Find your home, you know, find that place that we're way back home, you know, find that path back home to go really dig into like, where do I come from? What is serving me? What's not serving me? Because we're going through this, obviously. I mean, this is things that we are healing. So we want to share that with our listeners and say, if you're listening to this, there is a way to go home and to go back, but it's through storytelling. It's through sharing and dialoguing that we get there and we learn and we can really kind of ask questions and find out. So I'm just going to sign off with yeah. that because for me, I've, it's been an absolute pleasure to share this. I'm totally digging into my culture and my heritage and I've been more and more and it's ironic. My mom is literally mom calling me, me right now. And so is her mom in this episode. <laughs> so there is something that we're putting our out there. Our grannies are like, you better call them. They're, they're spilling the tea on our family laundry. There it is. They're, they're, they're sharing our dirt. Yeah. They're like, okay, put it back in the closet. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, it's just been lovely, Trish. And thank you so much for being so vulnerable because I think people have to see that this is, we're human. This is who we are. It's yeah. not just a voice on a microphone going out to a channel. This is definitely real people, real life. And Trish and I like to record in person because we like to be here together, having a conversation together as friends, as colleagues, as women making waves. We're just 
really, really excited to be able to have this platform and the space to share our stories. Thanks, everyone. We'll chat soon.